judgment is on the nation and when the young moon, and this is the second part, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 through to verse 20. Isaiah uh, chapter 1, verses 18 through to verse 20. Amen. Once you're there, if you would stand to your feet, we'll read the Word of God together tonight. Isaiah 1, verse 18 through to 20. We'll all audibly read it together tonight. Praise the Lord. Let's read it together. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So, Father, tonight we just pray your blessing upon your word. Lord, we pray for our sister Leah, that you would touch her tonight by your mighty power. That you would comfort them, O God, even at this time of loss. O God, that you would surround them with your great love. We uphold Andy and Ruth tonight, Lord. Pray you be their strength and their portion, O God. O Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord, for your great mercy. We can truly say, great is thy faithfulness. Lord, you're a faithful God. And so, God, we pray you bless your word tonight. We pray especially for this nation, for this land, O God. Lord, we pray, O God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. Lord, would you not revive your people again, Lord, that we might rejoice in you, Lord. Lord, awaken us out of the slumber and the sleep, O God. Lord, take us beyond just what we say with our mouth, Lord. But Lord, may our hearts, O God, be truly touched by the power of your Spirit, Lord. Revive us again, O God, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Moved by your mighty power, O God. Build your church, Lord, as we have sung tonight, Lord. Make her strong, Lord. Oh, God, we pray, Lord, that you would bless the preaching of your word and glorify your name in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Praise the Lord. The consequences of what we are currently seeing happening and unfolding in our nation um, are the manifestations of God's righteous judgments upon these nations, the United Kingdom, and particularly. And just before we go any further, I want this to be very clear that there often is a misunderstanding between God's judgment and God's wrath. That's very important to know that there is two separate, there are two separate occurrences: the judgments of God and the wrath of God. The wrath, speaking of God's final outpouring upon the wicked, that will take place. If you turn over to Revelation chapter six and verse seventeen, it speaks of this great day. I want to just uh, make a difference tonight, but there is a scriptural difference between the wrath of God and the judgments of God. God is righteous in his judgments. In Revelation 6 and 17, it says that the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? That's the great day of his wrath. There is a great day, a great day, the Bible calls it, when the wrath of God will be poured out upon the wicked. You have great news if you're saved tonight. And over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9, follow these words and it's so important that we all be able to discern between the judgments of God and the wrath of God. In 1 Thessalonians 5 and 9 it says, For God has not appointed us to wrath, praise God, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. 
Wherefore, comfort, your, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. So praise God tonight. We know of a truth that we as the blood bought, those the saints of God that are washed in the blood are not appointed. Thank God we're not appointed to his wrath. That is an awesome thing that will take place. It's a literal day. It will happen. The wrath of God will be poured out upon the wicked. You must understand also then there's the judgment of God, that God is righteous in his judgment. He's a holy God. He's a righteous God. And we must know that God deals with us on the basis of that he is just, that he is holy, he is a God full of mercy, he is gracious, he is a God that is love. And these are all these wonderful attributes of God. One of the commentators, the theologian, said that all of God's attributes emanate out of his holiness. He's a thrice holy God, and he is an awesome God. No man can stand in his presence, but we have a privilege through Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus and the mercy of God, we can have access right into the presence of a thrice holy God. It is amazing. It is amazing. But God deals then with the nations, and he's a righteous God in his judgments. We go back into Exodus chapter 6 and verse 6. We see here the dealings of God in his judgments. He is righteous in his judgments. Exodus 6 and 6, it says there, Wherefore say unto, when God sent Moses to Egypt, this is, he says, Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord. And I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgment. The judgments of God. We see that God brought judgments upon Egypt and sent a man called Moses into that land, and there was great judgments upon, upon that nation in order for the purposes of God to be fulfilled. God is fulfilling his purposes in the midst of his judgments. They're severe. Sometimes the land falls into famine or pestilence. Sometimes there's plagues. But God is righteous in his judgments and for the purposes of God. For us, we can say, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. We are, we are currently witnessing and seeing the judgments of God upon the United Kingdom, the nation that in its, in, in its, on its whole was a nation that feared the Lord, a nation that had a reverence for the things of God. We know that that has completely changed very, very rapidly over the space of the last, particularly even the last five years, even the last two years. We see that the time is moving so quick and the changes are taking place so quick. But also now we are starting to see the manifestations of God's righteous judgment upon the nation. When we see these unfolding manifestations and the fruition of them, I suppose the question is, what does that look like? Where are we going? Can we find the parallels or the patterns of Scripture to see how God sends the prophet, the word of the Lord, and he brings that to the nation or to the people, and the people then reject the word of the Lord? And God pleads with them. That's why he sent those prophets in. He pleads with them to come back to him. As, he, as we're reading in our reading, come, let us reason together, God. God is full of mercy. He's calling the nation. He's calling his church back. And so we see in all of this that there's the pleadings of God, but when the nation rejects, continues and rejects the Lord, rejects his word, rejects the way of the 
the promptings of the Spirit. We can take this from the general and the oversight of a nation, but we can take it right down to the individual. Where the Bible says that my spirit shall not only strive with man, the mercies of God in his striving with the people, his long suffering goes way beyond what we would give, but thank God for his mercy. And so the long suffering of the Lord. But here we find the consequences. We are reading from the prophet Isaiah, and then to see the fruition of all of this, in other words, when the judgments came, when God acted upon his word, don't believe for a second that God will not act on his word. God will act out on his word. God is God will hold his word true. When God speaks, it shall be done. And so it's very important to know that when God speaks that the word of the Lord will be done. Men will 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 often reject it and say, Well he, he hasn't done it yet, nothing's happening. We, we can carry on living as we are. Everything's going to be fine. And so you'll hear a lot of these things that are coming out from men and authority and so forth. But I want to show you from Isaiah, and we just follow it right through. I'm not going to take us through it all, but just to the end of what it looks like. And you turn over into Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1. You see the end result, really, of the judgments of God. Israel now have rejected the word of the Lord. God raises up other nations. The judgment of God comes upon the nations. The people of God are carried away. Jerusalem is destroyed. God's people are brought into Babylon. I mean, you cannot, when you look at it over a two, this is about a 200 year period. God's not bound by time. We are, but God's not. He's outside of time. He sees the end from the beginning. But when you see it in Scripture, then you see God speaks, and God pleads, and God sends messengers. God sends his mercy, pleads with the people to come. The people refuse to come. And then God acts because he's righteous. He's a righteous God. He's righteous in his judgment. If you turn into Nehemiah, we know this very, very well, but in Nehemiah chapter 1, we find that Nehemiah is asking concerning of the province, concerning the people of the captivity. And there it says, And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity... There in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem also were broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. That did not happen in a day. God pleaded. God sent, God sent messengers. He sent Isaiah. He sent Jeremiah. He sent the prophets in to plead with the people of God. They turned to other gods. They were doing their own thing. They were living their own life, and God was pleading with them, Come back to me. I'll protect you. I'll let you eat of the good of the land. I'll be your protector. I'll be your sustainer. I'll be the one that keeps you in all of the troubles. But they rejected God. And now we see, as Nehemiah asks the question, he says, what's left? What does this all look like? And in the spiritual sense, he's saying here, everything is broken. And if you can see it, I suppose if we could have the ability, and I believe we can if we ask, the ability from the Lord to give us a spiritual insight to what it really looks like. Not what it's on, on the surface, but really for the Lord to show us the spiritual condition of these nations. I believe we need to ask that question in prayer. Lord, reveal to us really where all of this is at. Not on the surface of the politics or all the announcements, but behind all of that. Where are we spiritually? What does it look like? I believe... I believe that the answer that you're going to receive is this. Everything's broken down. The walls are broken down. 
God's people are living in affliction and reproach. This is so true. Brothers and sisters, this is where we are. You know, I, I, I know that happens to many of us, but today I just have one of those divine encounters with a, with a brother in the Lord. I've never met him before, but I want to tell you, friend, there are so many of God's people completely broken, completely broken, shattered by the things that are happening in their lives and all around them. Broken. Love the Lord. I mean, love the Lord, but completely crushed. Crushed under their circumstances. Crushed by the powers of the enemy. And He is one of just so many. And if you, if you ask the Lord tonight, if we're concerned, I believe we're a people that are concerned. We're concerned for the body of Christ. Not just here, but we're concerned for the body of Christ. The church of Je- the true church of Jesus Christ. We're concerned for that. But if you want to know really what it looks like, you'll find it here in Nehemiah. It's a place of affliction and reproach. There's a lot of breakdowns. A lot of breakdowns. A lot of people, a lot of God's people are broken down. And the gates are burned with fire. They're burnt out. The pressure, the intensity. It's an hour that we have come to. And the judgment of the Lord is upon the nation. It tells us there in verse 4, if you follow with me, it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and I wept. We have preached, I would say, from this so many times. I, I don't probably can't remember how many times we've preached, we've prayed, we've quoted, said all these words. But I'm actually praying, oh God, that these words would become a reality. Not just for a meeting or at the end of a meeting, but God would move the church into a time to know what it really is to enter into intercession where the Holy Ghost lays hold of the church. And there is that sense, not just emotion, but there actually is the spiritual groaning for a nation that's so broken. For people, for lives, for the testimony of Jesus Christ, for the church of Jesus Christ, it's broken. It's burnt out. And so when he heard these words, this is at the end of the, as it were, the, the judgments, the exhausted, the exhausting of all the judgments. There's a man that sits down. It's not a preaching, it's not a sermon, it's not a song. He just sits down and he begins to weep. Because it began to impact them of the reality of where we really are. He begins to weep before the Lord. And he mourned certain days. And he fasted. And he prayed before the God of heaven. And said, I beseech thee. I beg of you, O God, the Lord God of heaven, the great. You know what he says? The great and the terrible God. The great and the terrible God. You know, we don't talk like that about God in the modern church. We don't talk of Him in that way. There's a revelation of God that's almost evaporated from the modern church today. Yes, I, I believe that He's a God of love and I'm so thankful that He is. And mercy, praise the Lord. Thank God for the mercy. And the grace of God is absolutely amazing. But we've lost something of the awesomeness, the terribleness, the holiness of God that brings a reverence to the things of God. That when we touch the things of God, there's a reverence about those things. Not a fear, but there's a reverence in the things of God. They've lost something of that. 
the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so we see here there's a man that's broken, fasting, mourning, weeping before the Lord, beseeching the God of heaven, the great and the terrible God. And then he says, Thou keepest covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. You're the one that keeps your word. We've sung about it tonight. He is a faithful God. That's what he's saying. He's crying out to the Lord, you're faithful. Then he says in verse 6, Let thine ear now be attentive. Lord, would you incline your ear towards us, your people? Lord, would you open your eyes and would you see us? That thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee day and night. There is going to be a season that's coming. There is going to be a season that's coming, brothers and sisters, where the church, if we're serious about revival, if we're honest about seeing a real move of the Holy Ghost, and we really have a heart for a broken world and a broken church, we're going to come to a season when the Holy Ghost lays His hand upon us where the church will pray both day and night. It will be difficult. Why? Because He will lay hold of us and He will carry us in it. And so we see the interceding of Nehemiah for the children of Israel, thy servant. And then look what happens. He begins to confess the sins of the children of Israel. I know that this has become a difficult area and some have veered into areas that are extra-biblical. But this is a truth that there is a time when God's people need to begin to confess the sins of the nation and say, Lord, we are sorry for what we have done as a nation. If you note here, he says, we have sinned against thee. He says, we have sinned against thee. I know that even in that statement, I'm not saying about here, but in other contexts, people are actually offended if they hear such a prayer. It's actually tragedy. We as a nation have so grieved God, the Holy Ghost. We as a church in this nation, we as a church in Balnehens, we have grieved the Lord by the things that have happened in this town over the last, even the 16 years since we've been here. But, oh God, have mercy upon us. The testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, which we have sinned against thee. And then he says, both I and my father's house have sinned. It's not just the nation, but it's the people of God. We have dealt very corruptly, corruptly against thee. We have not kept your commandments, nor your statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. And so we see intercession. We see it for what it is. And Nehemiah presents to God the word of the Lord right at the very end as, as it like or the creation of all of the judgments of God. But it began with a man who was broken. It began with a man who was broken. It comes when the church is broken. It comes when God's people not just make an emotion but that we truly are broken by the Holy Ghost. I want to say I don't believe we're there. But that's where we're going. If we really have a heart after the Lord. Okay, I'll say this. I don't believe I'm there. Because you're offended that I included you with me. But I don't believe that I'm there. But I don't believe we are there. We get touches of the burden. We get senses of the burden. We get time.
great when the presence of the Lord brings us to that place where the burden is real. And we've all experienced seasons where God has given us the spirit of intercession. It's wonderful. Because He breathes, He leads, He draws. When you try to do that by yourself and your own strength, it's dreadful. It's exhausting. It leaves you feeling condemned. You enter into some form of legalism and you're done. But when the Holy Ghost comes, it's completely different. So where does it start? It starts when God's people are broken. It starts when a man sits down and begins to weep and say, Oh God, Lord, help us. Lord, don't leave us to just carry on. Don't leave us to just keep going. Lord, somehow stop. Bring us to a point where we sit down. We begin to weep. We begin to call on the Lord and begin to say, Lord, that your word says you're a covenant keeping God. He says in verse 8, Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses. I believe more and more it's so important that we pray God's word. Yes, we pray the word of the Lord. We speak to him the word of the Lord. Otherwise, sometimes our prayers can end up in areas that are just something out of our head, but not directed in a way that God would have it to be directed, that there's a focus in the prayer. I mentioned it last week, that we don't end up all over the world looking as not right to pray for other places, but that there's a sense that we're sensitive to the Holy Ghost, that when we're beginning to pray, that we're going a certain direction. And we begin to pray effectively in that way, united together in the Lord. That takes just for us to be sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord, sensitive to the leading of the Lord, sensitive to the guidance. And I'm, nobody's, we're not here to try and point anything out. What I'm trying to encourage you is to be sensitive to that because we want to go as the Spirit of the Lord leads us. We want to be spirit led. And so he says, Remember, I beseech you the word that thy commandest thy servant, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye turn on to me, keep my commandments and do them. Though, listen to this, and just think about this for a moment. He says, Though there were of you cast out unto the, unto the uttermost part of the heaven, Yet I will gather thee from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. That is awesome. That God, no matter how far or destitute, how far they were driven out from Jerusalem, from Israel, right across the face of the earth, that when they begin to cry unto him, no matter where they are in the planet, that God is a God of his word, that God will go and gather his people home. He's a covenant-keeping God. He must know that he's a covenant-keeping God. Then it says in verse 10, Now these are thy servants and thy people, whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let my ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants, who desire to fear thy name and prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king of Israel. 
want to know. We want to understand where we are as a people, as a nation. And the judgments of the Lord that's upon us. The judgments of the Lord that are upon us. They're here. What you're looking at, what you see, is God's judgment on our nation. These are the unfolding judgments of God. They haven't happened in a night. They've happened because God has been rejected in generations previous to this. They've rejected God. And now we're in the consequences of that rejection. The judgments of the Lord are being executed all around us. One of these judgments are very evident that we have been witnessing recently. But if you turn into Isaiah chapter 3, I want to show you what happens and what this judgment is. And I, I believe we're only really in the beginnings of this particular judgment, but it's going to unfold. In Isaiah chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff. Would you remember those two words, the stay and the staff, the removal in Jerusalem of the stay and the staff, the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water, the mighty man, the man of war, the judge and the prophet, the prudent, the ancient, says about the captain of the 50 and the honorable man and the counselor and so forth. You see a, a whole list here of men, notable individuals that are removed from the nation. You also see here, importantly, that he begins with, in the judgment of the Lord, to stay and the staff. To stay simply means, or in a figurative sense, is, is the protection of a nation. The protection of a nation. The United Kingdom, Britannia that once ruled the waves, has no longer got the sovereign protection of the Lord upon her. She once did. The reason that this nation was great, the reason that it was Great Britain at one stage, wasn't, as Queen Victoria said, because of her navy or because of her army. It was because it was based and founded upon God's word. And so now we see the protection has been lifted from a nation you know, the whole thing about borders and everything else, this, this is not about the, the, the politicians who are focusing on uh, migrants and everything. That's, that's not what this is about. This is about a nation that's forgot God. And so then there isn't a nation no longer. If you go into some of many of the inner cities across England, they're, they're overtaken by people who are often Muslim faith. I believe that's a good opportunity for the church if, if she's revived to witness for the Lord. But that is a judgment in itself. Not the people, but the religions that have come in from all across the world. This was once a Christian nation. Churches are now mosques, discos, carpet warehouses, and anything else. That's the tragedy of what the judgment of the Lord is. So the protection is taken to stay. And also it says the staff. The staff speaks of the sustenance of a nation, the support of a nation. In other words, we see the protection that's upon the nation, and then we see also that which is sustains the nation. The nation is prosperous when it's walking with God and fears the Lord. And so in some way, we're not living on the money that we have. We're living on the money that we've printed. 
It's all monopoly money. I know it's still working at the minute, but it's just monopoly money. They're printing and printing and printing and printing and printing and printing. That's not real money, but it's enough to keep the nation ticking along. So the judgments of God, the creation of all of this is still to be seen. God has taken the stay and the staff. The stay is the protection and sustenance. The staff is the support. And the bread and the water is the very essence of what we need to live. The very basics of all of this, God begins to bring the judgment upon the nation. Is this not serious? And yet most are not really that concerned because it hasn't really affected us. We're still going along. We're going to be all right. Well, I know we are as a church because the Lord will keep us. But things are going to change for us as a church. Church in this nation, a church across these lands is going to change. Very quickly it's going to change. So how will you discern that the judgment is here? There's a removal of significant things. And if you look at verses 2 and 3 again, you see a whole list of individuals, the mighty man, the eloquent orators, the counselor, prophets, the ancient men, the captains of 50. It's a, it's a strange setup away the, the judgment looks. What actually happens is here is the removal of leaders in the nation of integrity. You know, we look back over the years, and I know now there's, you know, there, everything of our history is going to be completely distorted, but you look back at significant individuals, I know they weren't necessarily believers, and there, there's certainly a lot of faults within them, like every one of us, but there was men that was raised up to lead this nation through wars. Winston Churchill, I know they're going to change the history on it, but you know these individual men that were raised up, soldiers, politicians, they were people with convictions. God raised them up. They may, may not be Christians, but God raises up and God pulls down. And God gives the nation these great men and abilities, men with integrity, men that had wisdom, men that knew how to lead, men that knew how to conduct themselves. I know there's always been sin. It wasn't that they were perfect but there was an overall sense that the nation was in, in hands that were men of integrity. There's a word, integrity. Men that had wisdom, men that were really were able to lead the nation. One of the judgments of God is that God will take all that away. And God will give the nation the leaders that it actually deserves. That's one of the judgments of God. I don't want to be unkind. I believe this to be true because it's God's word. I want you to look at this first of all before I say anything else. In 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1, because I believe we still continue to pray for leaders before I say anything else. But in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, Paul writes and says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Verse 3 says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. And so we are instructed that we are to pray for kings and for all that are in authority. That is our 
That is our responsibility to pray for our leaders. We are to pray for our first and deputy first ministers. Whatever we think of them, we have to pray for them. We have to pray for our health minister. We have to pray for agriculture and all those that are in authority. We have, to pray, we have to pray for Boris Johnson. We have to pray for our Queen. But I want to tell you what, is going, what has happened and what is happening. I, I believe, like all of us, I believe Queen Elizabeth's days are numbered. And her death and her departure will be a significant departure. A significant departure. She's a remarkable lady. She really is. Ninety-five, she's seen, I don't know, many or visited the many presidents, 14 or 15. She's outlived them all. In the back end of the Second World War and so forth, she came of a heritage of, of queens or kings and men, and she's lived through all prime ministers and so forth. But the significance happens when those in Isaiah chapter 2, the mighty men and the men of war and the judge and the prophets and the ancients, when they are taken away, it's an indication of God's judgment. And we are about to witness that. I'm not saying I have any revelation of when she'll pass away, but I believe, I believe that we are seeing the end of something, of an error for the United Kingdom, for Great Britain, for the Commonwealth that she's the head it's significant. And so we're to pray. But what happens is that those ancient men and women and leaders that have been given to the nations to guide the nations to be in their place, when they're taken away, they're replaced. And this is the judgment of God. We're given other leaders. If you go back to Isaiah chapter 3, and verse 4, then you'll see the judgment that we're actually witnessing right at this moment, and that will continue to increase in the days, the manifestation of all of this. And Isaiah 3 and verse 4 says, And I will give, so now there's a replacement, and I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. Now this is not just only that there be youth, but it also, because we've seen the rise of of, of this youth movement that has been completely deceived by this whole climate or whatever agenda it seems to be the climate this week but it will be something else next week and of mobilizing the young people to get out and they're going to rule the world and rule us. That's the judgment of God upon the nations. But it's not only that it's in youth but God gives children and babes to rule. In other words, he gives people who are completely not able to rule a nation. They haven't got the ability to be what they are. We've got people, I'm not going to mention names, but we have people now in government that rule over us that they couldn't actually even do our crash on a Sunday morning. And it takes a lot to do our crash on Sunday morning before anyone says, I've never done it, I know, that's okay, before you all jump on me, but they could not even organize the crash. They're called career politicians. They're not in it because there's a conviction. They won't actually stand on their conviction. Every time the wind blows this way, that's where they'll go. And I'm talking about across the board. I'm not talking about one side or the other. I'm talking about friends. You look right across the board. 
and we see it right across the board that God now has brought the judgment upon our nation. I'm not being unkind. I do believe that there are some still to some of this, but I know such and such is such a great guy. Well, I'm sure he is a great guy. It's not about being a great guy. It's about being a man or a woman with integrity and being in your position because that's what you believe. And whether or not people stand with you or like you, but you believe what you believe and you'll stand over it. What you say is your yay and your no. We do not have politicians like that. There might be one or two, I'm not saying all, but now we are actually ruled by men and women who are not in this for any other reason. And I'm just going to say what I believe, and it's largely because of the wages that they get. Could I remind everyone that they got wages for nearly three years while the whole thing was shut down? That is the judgment of God upon us. That is God's judgment. He will put instead of these men with the ability, he will give us blades that will rule over us. And the people, this is what it says in verse 5, and the people shall be, what does it say? Oppressed. Anybody have a sense that there's an oppression in our nation? Everyone by another. Listen to this. Everyone by his neighbor. You know what's happening? What's happening in our world? This is not even about the vaccine. This is about creating a world where there's one neighbor's against the next neighbor. It has divided the whole society. It has divided homes. It has divided villages and towns. It has divided one neighbor against. Do you know what that is? That's the judgment of God. And everyone by his neighbor, and the child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient, and the base against the honorable. You know, I still have that picture of it was Greta Thunberg. It might have been a couple of years ago. Whatever people think of President Trump, that's fine. I thought his policies were pretty good, to be quite honest with you. And he aligned himself with a lot of things that were biblical. And uh, he certainly wasn't a Christian man, but he had a lot of praying people around him. And when I look at who hated him, then I just realized I like him. <laughs> Sometimes you can just look at the, the usual suspects over here and go, I'm on this side then. <laughs> That's as simple as that. You don't need a lot of brains to work it out. But when you see everyone's against him, I'm going, he's doing something right, praise the Lord. But you know, when he walks through one of those meetings and there's that young girl who's been manipulated, who has been manipulated, the tragedy what they've done, and she's standing there screaming at, a, at the President of the United States of America. I go, oh my God, what is happening to this nation when the young can so disrespect the statesman? It is a tragedy. But you know what? The media encourage it. The schools encourage it. This is a day for the young to rise up and be yourself and you take control. And I want to tell you something. We're living under the judgment of God. We're actually under the judgment of God when we see these things. It's like the time when King Rehoboam took up that throne in 1 Kings chapter 12 and consulted with the old men. You know, there's still some old men that have integrity I still walk with the Lord. There's still some old men that love Jesus and know the old paths and say, this is the way. 
walking in it. There's still some, praise the Lord. Rehoboam consulted with the old men in 1 Kings 12 and 6. But then it says in verse 8, But he forsook not the counsel of the old men, which they had given him and consulted with the young men that were grown up with him, which stood before him. And it was a tragedy. The consequences of that, the judgment of God upon the kingdom. In the light of all of this, what do we say? In the light of all of this, what do we do? When we see the judgments of God being enacted before our very eyes, in our nation, in our society, in our government, we actually see it happening. And friends, this is only one part of, of a multifaceted judgment that's being brought upon the nation in which we live. So what do the righteous do? What do those that have a heart for God do? What do we do? I pray when I read this verse that something of this verse would just penetrate us like it has never done before. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I know we know the verse. And so, but I just pray that the Holy Ghost Father, I pray that when we read this verse together, Lord, that something of this verse, that the Holy Ghost would breathe and would implant this verse in our hearts and illuminate our understanding. And Lord, that you would do such a wonderful work amongst us that we would so lay hold of your word, but your word would so lay hold of us and that the Holy Ghost would just breathe upon us, your people. Lord, we need you so much. Second Chronicles 7 and 14. Would you turn? Second Chronicles 7 and 14. And if you'd stand with me for the reading of God's Word, I want to read this verse. How the Lord has shown me to go tonight, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. If you stand, we're going to read this verse together. If you all audibly read it. How many times have you heard this verse? Would you read your, have you ever heard it before? Every single one of us in this room has heard it. But you know, I just ask tonight that when we read it, before we read it, in our hearts we'd ask for the Lord to really that this verse would really just impact us fresh because this is the answer let's read it together 2nd Chronicles seven fourteen. if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land Father tonight we pray in your name Lord, we ask that by the power of the Holy Ghost that you would move so mightily. Lord, we need you. Oh, God, this world needs you. But, Lord, we need you. Your people need you. Lord, and we ask tonight, Lord, that you would so come and fill our hearts afresh with the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we see 
your righteous hand and judgments on our nation, but, oh God, we thank you that you are a God of mercy. Lord, there is mercy. Lord, we thank God there's mercy tonight. Oh God, we have access right into that very throne of grace, and we pray, oh God, tonight, Lord, help us. Help us, oh God, like Nehemiah. Lord, we pray, Lord, that it would hit our hearts, Lord, not our head. Lord, it would hit our hearts tonight, oh God. Oh, Father, we pray, Lord, forgive us, Lord, for our hearts being insensitive. Lord, for their being, oh God, even prone to wonder, Lord, and hardened even to the hour that we've come to are familiar. Oh, God, tonight we're asking, Lord, that you would get a hold of us, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would lay hold of your people, Lord, that there would be a stirring. But, oh, God, there would be a weeping, Lord. Lord, we would be a people like Nehemiah would sit down and we weep, oh, God. Lord, oh, Father, we see it, Lord. Our hearts are heavy. We see the, the, the state and the mess that we're in. But, oh, God, we pray for your church, Lord, there would be. Oh, God, as it were, Lord, that we would sit down and we would weep, oh, God, that we would fast and we would pray and we would seek you, Lord, both night and day, oh, God, for, Lord, we need you to come, Lord. Lord, we believe you're the God of the impossible, Lord. Lord, we believe you can break in at any time, Lord. Lord, we believe you can break through, oh, God, all, all the facade of man and all the politics and everything that goes on in this land, Lord, it leaves us sick and empty, Lord. But, oh, God, we know you're able to break through, Lord, in a mighty way. Oh, God, we thank you. We serve the God of the impossibilities. Lord, we thank you tonight, oh, God, there isn't anything too hard for you, Lord. Lord, we thank you tonight, Lord, that you hear your people's cry. And, Lord, we just ask that you would, Lord, incline your ears toward us, that you would open your eyes tonight, Lord, that you would hear our cry, you would hear our prayer, Lord. Oh, God, have mercy tonight, Lord. Have mercy on our nation, Lord. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our queen, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you have extended her life, Lord. But, oh, God, we realize, Lord, that she has been co-signed into so many laws that have been passed, Lord. And, Lord, we ask for mercy for Queen Elizabeth, Lord. Lord, we ask for mercy, Lord. And, Lord, and Prime Minister Johnston, oh, God, we pray for mercy in this man, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're a God that's merciful, Lord. You're able to see it, Lord. Lord, we pray, Lord, we pray for mercy, Lord. Lord, on Paul Given, Lord. And, and Lord, we pray for mercy on Michelle O'Neill, Lord. Lord, we're praying for mercy, Lord. Lord, we pray for our government, Lord. We're asking for mercy, Lord. Oh, God, we pray tonight, Lord, that you would raise up even in the midst of that. Lord, I pray for those that have a conviction, Lord that they go beyond the party politics, Lord. But, Lord, they'd stand up, Lord, for what they believe, and they'd speak out, Lord. Lord, give them a voice to speak, Lord. Oh, Father, tonight we pray for your church, Lord, in this land. Oh, God, would you have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, Lord, upon us, your people, Lord. Have mercy upon the church of Jesus Christ, Lord. Lord, we confess we're asleep, Lord. Lord, in the greatest time of history, Lord, we're asleep, Lord. Lord, we pray for an awakening amongst your people, Lord. Lord, we pray, O oh God, that you would come, Lord. Would you fill us all, Lord, with the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord. Lord, we so long for the wind to blow, Lord. Oh, God, we don't want to go on in our own strength, doing our own thing, Lord. Oh, Father, we need the power of the Holy Ghost. 
Lord, have mercy upon us tonight, Lord. Our universities are the gates of hell, Lord. Lord, our schools, Lord, have been plummeted, O oh God, with doctrines of devils, O oh God. Lord, our land has been overtaken, O oh God. Oh God, our young people are so confused, Lord, they don't even know what gender they are. God, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Awaken us, Lord. Oh God, we pray, Lord, let us not be a people, Lord, that simply say we're okay and are we spiritual, Lord. Lord, there's a world, oh God, that needs you, Lord. Oh, Father, we pray tonight, would you stir your church, Lord? Would you stir me, Lord? Lord, would you revive me again, oh God? Oh, Father, we need revival, Lord. We need revival, oh God, in our hearts, Lord. Oh, God, and there is a lamp went out in the temple, Lord. So many lamps are going out, Lord. So many lamps are going out in hearts, oh God. So many lamps have gone out in buildings and churches, oh God. So many lamps are gone out. Yes, Lord, there's activity, Lord. Oh, yes, there's things that are happening, but Lord, there's no fire. There's no power, oh God. Oh, God, tonight, Lord, we pray for the power of God. Lord, let loose your power again in this land, oh God. Oh, we thank the Lord that you stepped into that upper room, Lord, 2,000 years ago. And you're the same God tonight, Lord. Lord, we just sweep in by the power of your Spirit, O oh God. Oh, Father, we're tired, Lord, of hearing the opinions of man, Lord. Lord, we see the pride and the arrogance of man, Lord. And all their activity and all their things and all their policies and all that they're going to do. My God, we pray, let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. Oh, God, we pray, surely it's time for you to come, Lord. Lord, we pray, would you forgive this heart, forgive our hearts, Lord. Forgive us, oh God. Lord, have mercy, Lord. Would you forgive us, Lord, for what we've made it, Lord. Oh, God, we pray, forgive us for what we've made it, Lord. Have mercy. Oh, God, that we go through the superficial, Lord. We go through the facade. But, oh, God, you've raised this house up to be a house of prayer for all people, Lord. Lord, to be an upper room, Lord. Oh, God, we need the power. We need the fire, Lord. We need the tongues of fire to rest on every head in this room, Lord. Lord, we pray, God, would you come tonight, Lord. Oh, we need you to come, Lord. Oh, by the Holy Ghost, would you come tonight into this room, Lord. Touch your people, Lord. Touch your people, O oh God. Have your way, O 